Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, we're back in Better Than Ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Jam-packed we are on this Wednesday. History made in the baseball playoffs and not of the good variety. NFL Week 6 is upon us. Good college games this weekend. A million things to get to. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. All right, our one place to start is in the NFL because my friends Jeff Saturday... And Kmart, Kimberly Martin, good enough to hang out after we wrap up, get up this morning, and we'll spend a little time talking about the NFL with the two of you. Thank you, guys. It was a spirited edition. Yes, it was. Wednesdays just hit different. They do. They just hit different swag. <laughs> Who jumped in an hour into the fray? And it was a fun uh, conversation all the way around. And there's a couple of topics that sort of resonated. So let's start with the top of them. Kimberly Martin, do you believe that when all is said and done, Dak Prescott is going to sign again in Dallas and is going to go into that category with Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, whoever oh, else, oh, Justin oh, Herbert, oh. that amount of money. I'm talking about um, the financial piece. Is financial he going to? What are those guys getting? What What, what is the number? Fifty five million. Yeah, 50, uh, is that where uh, Joe is now? Fifty. Something like it's that. It's a lot. Right? Um, whatever it is, it's in that neighborhood. Is that what's going to happen? They're going to sign him for another whatever it is, five years at that kind of money. Is that what the future looks like in your mind in Dallas? All right. Hear me, good people, <coughs> listeners of the Greeny radio show. I am not saying that Dak is at the same level of Patrick Mahomes. What I am saying, if the market for quarterbacks is that, I think you like that's the market, and I think Dak will have, have an opportunity to reach that, that ceiling. Because I think, as we see every year, the price for QBs keeps going up. Yesterday's price is not today's price. So I think Dak eventually is trending in that direction. Uh, this season will determine a lot. Uh, the question of whether he even remains in Dallas, mm-hmm. uh, which, is, which is wild. And the question of if, if Jerry's faith in, in Dak... Jerry's the one who signed the check last time. So Jerry has only himself to blame if if at this stage in week six of 2023, he's still not sure if Dak is the guy. What do you think, Jeffrey? All right, I'm going to say it this way. If you think about Dak Prescott right now in the NFC and the Dallas Cowboys, if this is a third or fourth place team in the NFC, then you're talking about a, a quarterback who has kept his team. His team has lost to the same team, mm-hmm. being the San Francisco 49ers, the last two years in the playoffs. And then they lose a game to them last weekend that was, was awful. They get beat the brakes off of 42-10 or whatever the score it turns out to be. But you're talking about a guy who has kept his team in the playoffs. He has put his team in those situations. The San Francisco 49ers are a better team than the Dallas Cowboys. Just – Stop. Full stop. Whatever you want to say. right. The 49ers took 
Jimmy G took the 49ers to three NFC championship games. It's not necessarily just about the quality of your quarterback. It's about everybody else. To try to lay all this at the feet of Dak Prescott, to me, is silly. Like, this guy plays plenty good football, plenty good enough football to get the contract of whatever the top 10 in the NFL is. And here's the, here's the reality, y'all. If you think he's 10 or you think he's 1, he's getting paid as 1 because that's how they all do. Everybody beats the, first, the last guy's contract. That's the way the NFL goes and the way it's structured. And he's in that category. That People want to dismiss his play and act like this guy, the team can't beat the 49ers, mm-hmm. not just Dak Prescott. Okay, mm-hmm. So when we're talking about this, they're like, well, he's got to elevate guys. He's got to do this. And he's played literally six weeks with Mike McCarthy playing plays. Last year, they were the number one offense in the league. He was the quarterback of the number one offense in the NFL. I think the year before, they were top three. Whatever. Well, Kellen Moore's the, he's the issue. We can't control the tempo. Now we're going to change the tempo. We're going to make him throw less passes. We're going to run it. We're going to be more physical. Uh-oh, wait a minute. We run into a really physical team. Now we're going to try to throw it. Oh, he can't throw it. I mean, you move the mark on the guy all the time. The bottom line for Dak Prescott is he is a good enough player to make the money, whatever the market sets for quarterbacks. And, yes, most teams in the NFL would have him – above their quarterback. And so all these guys who anonymously say stuff about quarterbacks, it's great. But unless you got Patrick Mahomes, and that's the only one that I'm talking about, is because every other guy, whether it's Joe Burrow, whether it's Josh Allen, none of them have won a Super Bowl yet either, right? So it's one guy has set himself clearly apart being Patrick Mahomes, but all the rest of the guys are all still fighting for that same spot. Give him a shot, but you got to build around him. And right now, I think everything's falling on Dak, and, and I just think it's kind of a silly argument. The wild thing to me, though, is at the end of the season, will we be talking about is Dak the answer in Dallas or is Mike McCarthy? Like, there's so many bigger issues to me in Dallas than just the quarterback. And For sure. Uh, to me, if you have anyone to blame <clears throat> in Dallas, it starts at the top for me. It starts with Jerry Jones because you gave the QB – the money you hired Mike McCarthy you are constructing this roster so if if there's anyone to look at I do look at the owner GM Jared Jones for putting this all together they have to find an identity I would tell you their roster is solid they got to find an identity on offense Brandon Cooks isn't doing anything right now Gallup's not doing anything they're not doing you know CD Lamb has played well but not nearly good enough and I'm not I'm not blaming this on CD Lamb I'm saying the connection between the two but again you watch their route concepts you watch it they're trying to install a new offense with Mike McCarthy of what he wants his team to look like you got to find your identification you got to find your identity on this offense figure out who you are and then ride with it but if every if every decision is going to be based on are they as good as the 49ers the answer is no not right now they're going to have to get better to get there so if if the 49ers keep beating oh that can't do it okay well I remember that same concept and I'm, I'm not saying these two quarterbacks are combined but I remember that about Peyton Manning everybody said, well, we can't beat can't beat Tom Brady he don't play Tom Brady bro he plays the New England Patriots defense who had a bunch of Hall of Famers on that side too Dak Prescott doesn't play Brock Purdy. He played all those dudes over there, Warner yeah. and Greenlaw yeah. and Bosa and Armstead, and those dudes were having a field day on him. And so when you look at this football team, it's not just one guy, and to lay it all at one one guy's feet, it, to me, is just I, – I don't, I don't understand the concept. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. You know who loves the Cowboys? The analytics. 
Our football power index lists the Cowboys, not lists, ranks the Cowboys as the fifth best team in football right now. I'm going to read you the rankings. Number one, Buffalo. Nope. Uh, Throw the list away. Number two, (laughs) San Francisco. Nope. Number three, Kansas City. Number four, Miami. Number five, Dallas. Number six, Baltimore. Number seven, the Eagles. And I'll just finish it for you. Eight is the Chargers. Nine is the Lions. And ten is the Jaguars. The point is, the Lions are nine. This is our analytics. This is the football power. ESPN. Okay. No, it's ESPN's analytics. And so I I texted Hembo. Why is that? Hembo, by the way, again, home allegedly with an old child. Vegas. Yeah, yeah. We don't believe that he's really. uh, I'm I'm not even 100 percent sure there are two kids. But that's a whole different. (laughs) I've never seen them both. But but the point of it is, I think it's just one in a mirror. But but anyway, <laughs> that's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point is that I asked Hembo, and he said the blowouts that they had as wins disproportionately impact their stats, especially this early in a season. If you look at the three wins they had, the Patriots got beat even worse by yeah. New Orleans the following week. The Giants might be one of the two or three worst teams in the NFL. And the blowout they had of the Jets came when the Jets were playing on a short week in an emotional vacuum after uh, Aaron Rodgers had just gotten Mm -hmm. hurt. I'm not making any excuses. I'm just saying that that was it was easy to project that was going to be as bad a game as the Jets were going to play all year long. Regardless, the only two games they've been in this year, they've lost. They lost to Arizona and they got obliterated by San Francisco. I'm interested to see what happens on Monday night when they play the Chargers, who are a, a reasonable team and have a great quarterback. I, yeah, I think they're the fifth best. I think they're the fifth best team in the NFC. NFC. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I would put them the fifth best in the San NFC. San Francisco, Philly. Philly. E- e- yeah, Eagles. We got San Fran, Eagles. We got Detroit and Seattle. Uh, put Seattle. Seattle ahead of them. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I those, the, yeah. The Detroit so, thing is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, to me, Kmart, I think Detroit is is. If I'm trying to pick the biggest threat right mm-hmm. this minute, mm-hmm. the team that looks like it, the San Francisco, and mm-hmm. I, I get that the Eagles are unbeaten, and the Lions' only loss was an overtime to Seattle. You know, in a, on a, on a it was won a that crazy game. game. Yeah. Certainly had a million chances to win it. They're killing everybody. Their defense is great. Their offense is really, really good. They did it this past week without two of their best players. I, I like the Lions better than anybody. Yeah, else. yeah, and the. I, I, and having covered that NFC title game last year between the Eagles and the 49ers, make no mistake, the 49ers feel like it took us losing four quarterbacks for yeah. us to lose to yeah. you guys. McCaffrey was they a have, they have, the San Francisco's on a mission. Yeah. They are legit, like, they fully believe they are the best team in the NFC, and they are not, like, they're not even worried about the Cowboys. They made a statement against the Cowboys, but... When they run up on the Eagles, like that to me is the game I want to see because the 49ers, that matchup, I don't know, having been in that stadium watching that game, I don't, if, if, if Brock Purdy stays healthy, I thought that the 49ers would actually make the Super Bowl, not the Eagles. So I'm curious how this game in a few weeks pans out. The 49ers are the best team in the NFL and, and, and they're, and not only are they, they're, they're the best roster as well. I would tell you the reason why I think the Eagles could match up well, because matchups do matter. The mm-hmm. reason why the Eagles could match up well against San Fran is because their lines of scrimmage, their offense and defensive line, are one of the only ones, in my opinion, that can compete with San Francisco's. And I think their defensive line can get after San Francisco's offensive line a little bit. That would be the Detroit thing for me falls into can golf 
go kind of toe-to-toe in a, in a track meet if you have to put up points? Can they put up the type of points against that style of defense, whether it's the Eagles and the 49ers? That's where I think, uh, eh, I'm just not quite. So I, I love their physicality. I love Dan Campbell. I think the direction they're headed is phenomenal. That's where I would say you got to show me uh, rather than just j- just kind of say it. But our, whatever our list is, whatever numbers it is, it's, um, wrong. it's, uh, yeah, it's, A's, it's incorrect. Stephen A's A-list? Actually, is better than this. Like this is, <laughs> yeah. this which is, is saying something. Which is saying something. He usually swings and misses mm-hmm. very, very With badly. With that leg out. Yeah. If you miss any of this program, you can always listen to us on the ESPN app or Sirius XM Channel 80. The show is called Hashtag Greeny, and of course, it is a podcast available every single day. The Greeny podcast available both hours wherever you get your podcasts. One more quickly. Uh, Denver plays tomorrow night at Kansas City. Let's let's live in a world where they get crushed. They are a double-digit underdog. I think the expectation is they're going to get crushed, right? Yeah. A short week Thursday on the road, mm-hmm. Kansas City, Mahomes against that defense, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is there a fallout? I mean, do they – does something substantial change this quickly in Denver? This, if they're one in five, uh, then they have a mini-buy? No, I don't think that that some major change happens, but how? But I think this is a tipping point from the standpoint of like every game after that, um, because I I think it's too early to know definitively if this Russ and Peyton marriage will work long term. Yeah, I think Jeff is we and Mike we discussed earlier on the show Russell Wilson's numbers. If you put them up against Patrick Mahomes, they are pretty similar. And Russ has two less interceptions, I believe, than Mahomes. That is not saying they are the same caliber of player, but right now their stat lines look pretty similar. Yeah, the, the only thing I could see happening in Denver is moving on from like a defensive coordinator. If they had a bad day against right. Kansas City, right. but like they're not going to make any shift towards offense, moving players on. Like that would be the only because you'd have two weeks to kind of you know overcome whatever that adjustment. We I'm not saying they should do. that. I'm just saying that would be. And and the other the other thing that I would tell you on the Denver game is if Kelsey can't play. You know, he's tweaked, he's tweaked his ankle. Like, what does that really look like? Short, week, and I know he'll try to battle through. Yeah. But, but it's not like Kansas City just has dudes all on the outside that you're scared of. So if, if Denver's defense looks a little better, I think everything would be status quo. If they get boat raced, I think then maybe Sean Payton would say, okay, I got I to change it. Their next come. four games, they're currently one and four. Their next four games, they play Kansas City twice and Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one in there is is home against Green Bay. If they don't win that game, they could easily be staring at one and eight. They'll be double digit underdogs in probably but, all three. And certainly of those three of those four games. Yeah. But you know what? If they end up losing to Kansas City, you're looking at a team that has only one win when they start the season against the Raiders, the Commanders, the Dolphins, the Bears, right. and the Jets. Yep. Like that to me is more <coughs> damning than them losing sure. to the Chiefs. Like no, that you can understand. But it's how they started the season that is alarming. Or just the way that it all seems to be slipping away. You guys are the best. Thank you both so much for hanging out after we finish the program today. Kmart, I'll see you tomorrow. Greeny with us presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up next, sneaky big news that could change everything after this on ESPN Radio.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny, with you presented by Progressive Insurance. The assembled members of the hashtag crew have assembled around me, or at least some of them have. We still have no hembo today. And we have reason to believe, Bubba, that our suspicions about hembo are accurate. Let's count the ways. Hembo, not here today. Did not let you guys know he wasn't going to be here. I sent him a text this morning to the radio group text chat that we have asking a question about the FBI. He didn't respond to it until hours later. A time of day that a person would wake up if that person was in Las Vegas. Once again, Hembo claims to be home caring for a sick child. I question the existence of said child. I certainly question the existence of the illness. I believe that Hembo is in Las Vegas chasing after his wife, Lizzie, who went out there to work and did not bring her wedding ring. There's nothing good ever happens when someone goes, a married person goes to Vegas without their ring. Bubba, I think you and I have arrived to the same conclusion. We do not believe that Hembo is actually home with sick kids. Yeah, I mean, the first day he told us in advance, we thought that was, you know, weird. Now it's day two. He didn't even tell Cam and I that he was going to be off, and and that's probably because now he's just so consumed with Vegas, he's just gallivanting around Vegas. He completely forgot that he had to come up with this, you know, plan to tell us that he was actually not working. So we thought he was back today. We're watching Get Up. All of a sudden, it's Sneaky Darius. We're like, wait, what? Hembo's still not back? And then we look at the phone. Oh, here he is responding to a text around 9 a.m., conveniently around the time he'd wake up in Vegas. So, yeah, all signs are pointing. He's just still in Vegas having a great time, not even thinking about coming on, you know, working on Get Up or Greeny and just leaving us back here and just hanging us out to dry. I think that's it. Now, look, I can't blame the man. He's trying to save his marriage, and I don't have any issue with that. That obviously should take precedence. But I think, you know, claiming to have sick children is just a low way to go about it, right? Like, that's not something you want to do. So one way or another, we'll see how that goes. Uh, You want to get in touch with me? There are a lot of different ways to do it. My social handle is at ESPN Greeny with a Y. That's on Twitter. That's on Instagram. And that's on threads. All right, next, Sneaky Big News. Sneaky Big News. 
you see that the Vikings yesterday worked out veteran quarterback Colt McCoy? Made me think about my old buddy Brian Winhorst. What's going on in Minnesota? What is going on? Why would the Vikings do that? You know what? And, and, and we dubbed in the Minnesota and the Vikings. Why would they do this? A very sneaky trade, very sneaky move, very interesting thing they're doing. Working out Colt McCoy. Could it be because they are giving some consideration to trading away Kirk Cousins? Now, for the record, Kirk Cousins was on Freddie and Harry here on ESPN Radio about a week ago. That's more like two weeks ago now. And said he's not thinking about all the rumors about him possibly being traded. I'm pretty much just focused on life here in Minnesota. I got enough to worry about with the Chargers coming this week. And uh, I understand people have to sell radio shows and, and talk sports and all that. And that's, that's all well and good, but that's not really my job or my focus. So, you know, I'm focused on being with the Vikings, hopefully for as long as I can and then my career here. And- okay, so that's what he said. But let's be clear about this. A, since he said that, the team has fallen out of it completely and lost their best player for at least four weeks. Justin Jefferson will not be back. He's on injured reserve. He won't be back for at least a month. They have continued to lose games. The division with Detroit is running away from them rapidly. And most importantly, when he says, I'm focused on finishing my career in Minnesota, which is exactly the right thing for him to say, He, among everyone else, knows it's not actually what's going to happen. They let him go into a lame duck season. He doesn't have a deal for next year. No team that believed their quarterback was going to be their long-term puts themselves in that situation. The Vikings have set themselves up to move on from Kirk Cousins after the season when he will depart and they will get nothing for him. Does it make more sense, if you're them, to trade him in the next three weeks, which is basically the trade deadline is three weeks from yesterday to trade him and get something. I don't know what teams, if any, I'll be dying to get him. I was going over the list of teams in the NFL that feel like contenders that he would definitively help. Obviously the Jets are one of them. I don't know if they'd be interested. My gut feeling is they would not. I believe the Falcons would be made far better pretty quickly by adding Kirk Cousins They don't seem to be interested in that. Tampa, Baker Mayfield's playing pretty well down there. I don't know how significant a contender they are, but the record suggests they're in the mix. San Francisco obviously has the leading candidate for MVP right now at quarterback in Brock Purdy. But it's worth pointing out that Kirk Shanahan has always, Kyle, excuse me, Kyle Shanahan has always loved Kirk Cousins. And he might, consider if the price was right bringing him there as insurance in case Purdy were to get hurt as he did a year ago I'm not saying to replace Purdy the analogy I keep making and Bubba and Cam you tell me if this is a good one is that we see this in baseball all the time now I fully understand that baseball and football are vastly different sports for so many ways in so many ways that the comparison almost I understand where you would sort of poke holes in the comparison. But as everybody knows, every year in baseball, teams rent players. They make a trade in late July. Some teams are buyers, other teams are sellers, and someone goes out to try and get a pitcher or a third baseman or an outfielder to put them over the top. 
and that player goes there frequently knowing he has no money left on his contract afterwards, or in baseball that's not a thing, that he is going to become a free agent, and that he is purely a rental. You don't have to do a long-term deal. You don't have to do any of that. You're going someplace for a couple of months. You're going from a team that has no chance to a team that has a chance. Might be a more fun way to spend the rest of that season and then see what happens. Does it make sense in football? Could a quarterback realistically do it? I'm taking the Jets out of the discussion now because I understand that always skews everything with me. In general, let's just live in a world, I don't even want to use an example because I don't want to wish this on anybody, but let's live in a world where one of the contenders loses their quarterback in a game this weekend. It obviously could happen. Do you think, Bubba, it would make sense for that team to trade a meaningful pick, let's say a second-round draft pick, to rent Kirk Cousins for the second half of this season to hope that within two or three weeks he could start playing for you, know enough of your offense to figure it out, get better and more comfortable as the season goes on, and as you get into December and, and even early January, the season doesn't end until the middle of January now, that by that time he's up to speed and gives you a better chance than what you have. That's a baseball move. Could it work with in football with a quarterback? Right, yeah, we see it in baseball all the time with famous examples, Randy Johnson, Beltron, Sabathia, all – some great examples in baseball, but yeah, I would say yes for football. I don't necessarily see why not because it happens all the time in football with backup quarterbacks or backup quarterbacks are signed, you know, off the street all the time and they're thrown right in and they have to do it. So, so why would we think a starting quarterback, especially a veteran like Kirk Cousins, would not be able to pick up an offense on another team? Would it, would it probably take them a little bit? Sure, but we've seen backup quarterbacks just come off the street and needed to start very quickly and they've picked up the offense it's obviously it's been a little slow but i yeah i mean i think this is probably so and it's such a rare example where there's generally not quarterbacks who are in the final year of their contract and this is such a rare thing that i think a team should go for it this is something that doesn't ever happen and the vikings are not gonna be going anywhere they should do it and treat it like you saw again what happened in the past with the, the johnson sabathia's belcher they had historic half seasons and they kind of vaulted their team into the playoffs and then they moved on but it helped their team and I think I don't see any reason why Kirk Cousins couldn't get up to speed quick enough as a veteran quarterback who seems like a smart quarterback and people will ask me if I'm talking about the Jets and I would say I think I am has Zach Wilson shown you enough in two games to say no no we're good here I don't know I continue to believe that Aaron Rodgers believes he might come back this year That's as strong as I'm willing to go. I'm not willing to realistically say, oh, yeah, he's coming back. I believe that he believes it's possible. I don't believe he thinks it's a certainty, but I'm pretty sure that he believes it's possible. And so I keep saying on the air all the time, just tread water. Be 500. Get to December 500. The Jets have winnable games. They play the Giants, they play the Raiders, they play the Falcons, they play the Texans. Those are winnable games. I'm not suggesting that they are easy. I don't think anything is going to be easy for the Jets. But if you win those, you win that list of games, now all of a sudden, you know, you're 6-6 six and six when we get to December. If Rodgers comes back at that point, all bets are off. Again, do I expect it? Of course not. Do I think it's possible? I think he thinks it's possible. My buddy Don LaGreca, I think, responded. This is, I haven't heard this yet, but I guess Don was talking about this on Michael K. yesterday. 
So Don LaGreca, of course, co-host Michael K. Show on ESPN Radio New York, responding to me and my wishful thinking that we will get Rodgers back this year. Rodgers is going to come back in week 13, which is, what, eight weeks from now? And that he's going to guide this team to the playoffs. So he's not only going to come back from a torn Achilles. Achilles, sure. In three months, but excel. I love Greeny. I consider him a family member. You know in why? Your family. Because you know what? There were times, not presently, but there were times, all these people are gone now from the industry or even here, where the network, they didn't care about little podunk New York's local station. They didn't care. You know who did care? Mike Greenberg cared. He'd come on in a moment's notice, fill in for Michael when he was out. He was as engaged in the success of this radio station as anybody that worked on this floor. That's right, family. But he's out of his mind. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. Okay, let's let's talk about it for a minute. Let's just talk. I, I, look, I'm not a doctor, and I don't even really have doctors in my family, which is unusual. We were lawyers in my family. <laughs> my dad was a lawyer. My wife's dad was a lawyer. My daughter's going to be a lawyer. So we're kind of on the lawyer side of that. So I could use a doctor. But here's the bottom line. Rogers got hurt at the beginning of September. I'm talking about the beginning of December. That's three months. Is it possible? Probably not. I fully acknowledge that. I'm merely saying that Rogers himself said, nothing is impossible. It just hasn't been done yet. Do I know that he can do it? Of course not. But Bubba, when you hear him talk about it, do you or do you not believe that he genuinely believes it's possible? Yes, I think he believes it's possible. Exact possible being the key word. Do you? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think what I said before, I think someone has to do it first, just like Adrian Peterson was the first person to come back from the ACL super early. You know, he tore his ACL at the end of one season and came back at the start of the next season and that was insane when people that was unheard of usually people are going to be out for a full calendar year and when he did that it was unbelievable and he basically changed the timetable for ACL injuries and now that's pretty much the new norm so someone has to set the new timetable and Aaron Rodgers could be that person it would be stunning it would be historic it would shock everyone no question The fact that he is the age that he is certainly works against him. I totally acknowledge all of that. Am I just sort of resting on wishful thinking? Probably. Do I think that he might just be saying that to give his teammates hope? Possibly. But I think he thinks it. And as long as he thinks it, I'm going to continue to believe there is at least a chance. Greeny with you, a reminder, you can watch our show on the ESPN app. They're very funny. They keep showing a picture of Hembo's empty mic Uh, because he's pretending to be home with sick children. You just click on watch on the ESPN app, look for hashtag Greeny, and enjoy. All right, next order of business. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm fascinated by people who've never eaten things. Like, Tim Kirchin, many years ago, Bubba, you might remember this, was on Mike and Mike with us, as he was all the time, and told me he had never in his life tried a cup of coffee. So we got him a cup of coffee and he tried it. Tim Kirkshen had to be in his 50s by then. How do you live your whole life and never try a cup of coffee? I have no problem with people not liking things, but I'm always flabbergasted when people say they've lived what would amount to a full life and never tried something. Michael Kay always had those kinds of things. Michael Kay always said, I've never eaten an egg, I've never eaten a condiment. I forget what some of the other ones were. So there are people with weird eating stuff. I did not expect this from Al Michaels. 
So Al Michaels was being interviewed by Chris Wallace on CNN. I came across this on my reels. And this is the exchange, as you will hear. Is it true that you have never knowingly eaten a vegetable in your life? That is true. That is true. I was born when my parents were 18 and my mother hadn't even read Dr. Spock at that point. So she just let me have the run of the uh, of the course. I always push the vegetables away. To this day, no. And I guess what I've proven, Chris, is that man does not need vegetables to survive. But is it just possible that you would like, I'm thinking of one of the more non-objectionable vegetables, a carrot? Oh, please, please. A carrot? No, that's an objectionable vegetable. Really? What? I mean, how would you know? You've never tasted it. I look at it. I just don't even like the look of it. <laughs> and I surmise what it might taste like in terms of the texture of it. It just doesn't look like something that would go down well. So that's Al Michaels telling you he has never eaten a vegetable. Bubba, how are we supposed to react to that? I was shocked when I first heard it, but I, I kind of am fascinated by his main point, meaning he's gotten this far in life with never having a vegetable. What's with all the doctors saying you need vegetables to survive? I mean, Al Michael seems like a fairly healthy person. He's made it, what is he? 78. 70 something? I mean, what is this? Is, that uh, right? is he 78? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So do you not need vegetables? What do you mean you think so? Did you just throw out 78? You said it very definitively. Uh, I think I looked it up the other day. Look it up. You think Let's you see. looked he it up? He is 78. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. I knew it all along. It'll well, be 79 in November. Okay. But, I mean, you know, we've been hearing since, you know, we were kids. You got to eat your vegetables. Got your vegetables are good for you. Al Michaels has lived for 78 years, never had one. He seems to be doing okay. I find that shocking. A, I mean, I it's ha- insane. It's I crazy. like vegetables. I, agree. I, yeah, I happen to like vegetables in, 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 any, in almost any context. I like them cooked. I like them raw. I like them in things. I like them by themselves. I'm a vegetable person. That said, is there anything in the world, Bubba, you are how old, 40? Uh, yeah, 39. 39. Is there anything you've never eaten, like like sort of a standard run-of-the-mill, something that well, most people have eaten? Vegetables, a huge category. But yeah, I mean, even, even a smaller subset of food, is there anything you've never eaten? Well, I mean, I have a, uh, my friends have coined a juvenile palate. He does. So I don't, I don't eat, my, I'm pretty basic with my foods, but. Well, give me an example. What do uh, you have for lunch? What are you having for lunch today? Uh, I don't know. I got to. We got to see what depends. The old, what's yeah, in the calf? I the old, yes, I had pasta. It's not. I'm not like. I'm he's not, not give a me very an example. Adve- why he's do not say you have a, uh, Yeah, I'm just not very adventurous. I guess is the point. Like I'll just kind of stick to the basics of like hot dogs, hamburgers, pasta, tacos. tacos but I don't really eat any uh, like Asian food. Um, I don't really eat any seafood at all. So th- all those are kind of out. So I real. So I've I've tried sushi like twice. Okay, that's it. I've never. I've had barely any fish. That's bizarre. But for the most part, it's it's really just, yeah, pastas, you know, and meats. And but there's nothing you haven't. Cam, is there anything you've not yeah, nothing, eaten? Like, nothing I don't think there's anything like I haven't eaten. No, I'll try anything. I had a friend in college. Her name is Casey, and, and she didn't try an apple until she was about 18 years old. But that's 18. Al Michaels is 60 years older than that and has never had a vegetable. A I don't, vegetable? I don't even know how that's possible. Like, you, like, accidentally, like, eat a piece of lettuce and a burger. I guess he just always asks to take it off. He's been eating steak and potatoes at these fancy dinners I assume he goes to all the time. Yeah, that's I don't understand. Him he, he's these... eating very fine dining, I'm exactly. sure. He's He's never had a vegetable slipped in accidentally into any meal. Well, he he's said had. knowingly. Chris, Chris said the word knowingly. I guess that's true. Yeah, but it's still. But a- even then, but yeah, you know, how, I mean, obviously, Al Michaels is a pretty important guy. You know how much 
important dinners you must have gone to with executives and agents, all this stuff. And every single time, I'm sure it comes up where he just pushes the vegetables aside and they're like, ah, what are you doing there? Oh, no, I don't eat vegetables. I've never had one. Like, they must be like, what are you doing? Like, you don't eat corn, yeah. peas. Uh, I mean, the the, the, the least, he, I think Chris picked a bad one. Carrot, I can see looking like an objectionable vegetable. It's right. oddly colored. <laughs> There's a lot of different things about it. I can see looking at some orange thing on your plate and thinking, no, that's not for me. Yeah, I would but say like, like corn or peas. A is... green bean. I mean, these are, we got to get we got to get Al something and just see if we can't convince him of the error of his ways. Coming up next, two notes from the NHL that I promise you will be talking about the rest of this day, whether you care about the sport or not. They're next on ESPN Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We are rolling along here. Don't forget, the road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. We'll have some baseball to catch you up on as our morning continues. Every pitch of the playoffs right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This, of course, is our hockey music. And before I get into the stats that I promised you, I would like to just send a shout-out to my friend Barry Melrose, I'm sure you saw the news yesterday that Barry is stepping aside from the from the network and from the sport as um, he has been diagnosed with Parkinson's. This is something I did not know until you did. I, I didn't know anything about this until yesterday. Um, but I hope you got a chance to see the tribute that Steve Levy and Wayne Gretzky did to him uh, or did for him. It was absolutely beautiful. I texted Levy. It choked me up watching it. And I will tell you this, Barry is one of the absolute best guys you will ever meet in your life. He was at one of the very few people left who were at ESPN before I was at ESPN. So he was one of the first people that I met. And I spent a lot of nights in Bristol and a lot of mornings, early mornings in that hotel, those those hotels right by the studios where I used to stay all the time when I did Mike and Mike in the morning and then Sports Center in the evening. And Barry was always there and could not be friendlier, nicer, warmer to everybody, just everybody. And I said to our uh, team on Get Up Today, I, I want to say a few words about Barry, but I don't want to eulogize him. The, the only concern I have is that we, we talk about him in the past tense. He is still very much alive and hopefully has a lot of living left to do. So I'll merely say thank you to Barry for the friendship and for being the face of the sport for a long time. And I will tell you this, Steve Levy, again, brought it up brilliantly, and he would be a far more credible person to talk about something like this than I am. But he said, I think they seriously need to consider putting Barry Melrose into the Hockey Hall of Fame for the same reason and in the same way that Dick Vitale is in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Barry Melrose has been the face of the National Hockey League in this country, the face and the voice of that sport for 30 years. He was by no means the best player or the best coach, but he is the best known. He is probably known by more hockey fans. Well, not hockey fans. He's probably known by more people in this country 
than all but a handful of players over the last 30 years. He's not on the level with Gretzky and Lemieux and Sid Crosby and all of that, but he's the next level of famous and significant. So my best wishes to Barry and his family. I wish him nothing but health and happiness. Uh, and again, he, he is a, to know him is to love him. He is a truly terrific guy. In the meantime, I have two absolutely awesome hockey notes that I promise you will be talking about for the rest of this day, whether it is a sport that you love or not. Here's the first one, and I don't know if this is going to hit Cam the way it hits me. Cam, Connor Bedard made his debut last night for the Blackhawks. He's the next one. He is the 18-year-old kid who was the first pick in this draft and is supposed to be the next in this line of unbelievable, all-time great players. The sky is the absolute limit for him as far as his potential. And I don't know, this hit me pretty hard. Connor Bedard was born in the year 2005. Huh? 2005. Wow. We have professional athletes playing in major sports that we watch who were born in 2005. That's un- it's, it's, it's unimaginable to me. Now, if you were born in 2005, this may not shock you. I don't know if it would shock my daughter who came over last night. She was born in 2000. He's five years younger than my daughter, Nikki, which is impossible for me to believe. One of the biggest stars in that sport was born in 2005. This is only going to get worse, people. The years are only going to start getting later and later and later as we go on. I remember when we had the first star in sports who was born in the 90s. That bothered me. That's probably 10, 12 years ago now. All of a sudden, we got guys who were born in 2005? Can he drive? Like, are you old enough to, what are you old enough to do at 2005 besides playing in the National Hockey League? Is he old enough to have a drink? No. Anywhere in the United States. Is there any state left in the U.S. where he's old enough to have a drink? I don't believe so. I don't know. I, when I was a little kid, when I'm a little kid, when I was young, the drinking age in the state I grew up in, which was New York, was 18. And then the year I turned 17, it became 19. And then the year I turned 18, it became 21. Oh, my gosh. And I used to jokingly say what they say when they mean you're grandfathered in is that I'm going to be a grandfather by the time I have a legal drink in this state. But so it's, I, I think everyone, so he can't, he's born in 2005 for the love of Christmas. If, I, if that doesn't make you feel like liver spots are bursting out on your hands, I don't know what will. I mean, what was, I want to know what, because 2005, I was a junior in college, and that was actually when I first started at ESPN Radio. I was an intern wow. in the summer of 2005. So this is crazy for me, but I, 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 we need to know what Cam was doing, because at this point, I'm assuming, what, what was this, like preschool uh, for was, you? Or no, something? I was in third grade. Oh, third grade, okay. This does actually hit me pretty hard. I am just now getting used to being older than professional athletes, and I'm 26, and now there are quite a bit of very, very good players younger than me, but eight years younger is absurd. I, was, I had been at ESPN for nine years already. We were five years into Mike and Mike when Connor Bedard was born. He's now the, the, the biggest young star in the NHL. Anyway, let me give you the other stat here. Chris Letang, Sidney Crosby, and Evgeny Malkin played together last night in that same opener against the Blackhawks. They have now surpassed Jorge Posada, Mariano Rivera, and Derek Jeter as the longest tenured trio of teammates in the history of the four major sports, NHL, 
Major League Baseball, NFL, and NBA. The longest tenured teammates had been Posada, Rivera, and Jeter. They have now been surpassed. Chris Letang, Sidney Crosby, and Evgeny Malkin have now played together longer than any trio of teammates in the history of North American professional sports. That hit me like a ton of bricks, too, this morning when I saw that. Who, who, I don't know who put that note in. Cam, was that you? Whoever yeah, I put, put that note. I put these ones That's in. That's an exceptional note. Exceptional. And, and that's what I said, and I promised you, whether you love hockey or you don't, that's going to stick in your head the rest of the day. Those three guys have played together longer than – I was trying to think of some other super long tenured trios. Maybe we can have a little fun thinking further about those. Do a little quick research, and we'll talk about it in a moment. We could have Hembo do it, but uh, he's off in Vegas pretending to have a sick child. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.